One of the hardest jobs for a founder and CEO is to hire a great engineering team. And if you're based in the Bay, competing with the salaries of Google and Facebook does not make it any easier, which is why I'm really excited to introduce our next sponsor, Turing. Turing makes it really easy to build a software engineering team. Go to Turing.com and they will find you hand-selective top-tier engineers that can work with you on a remote basis. Turing.com is backed by Foundation Capital, Founders Fund, other execs from Google, Facebook, Amazon, and more. And they are on a path to help companies like you find a remote engineering team and not spend years doing it. So if this is interesting to you in any capacity, I would check out Turing.com, T-U-R-I-N-G.com. And when they ask you, how'd you hear about Turing, make sure to tell them you came from the Forward Thinking Founders podcast, specifically tell them Matt Sherman 6, 6 is in the month June, and get that remote engineering team today, not in six months, not in a year, today. And by the way, you get a two-week risk-free trial to give it a shot. So what are you waiting for? Go to Turing.com, T-U-R-I-N-G.com, and I'll see you over there. Now let's get into the show. All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions of the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Stacy Lake, who is the co-founder and CEO of Lawwork. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Going great. Going great. Thanks for having me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for coming on. I am very interested in what you're building. I don't think I've had too many guests in this industry, which gives me, you know, a ton of uh, of room to learn about, you know, you know, this whole world and how you're how you're kind of serving it. So, for people that don't know what what law work is or or what you do, can you describe um, kind of what you do with law work? Yeah, definitely. So at law work, we're kind of like what we consider a three part business. Um, basically the overall goal is to close the access to justice gap, which basically means that a lot of individuals don't have the, uh, monetary means to afford an attorney when they need one. Um, cause mo- a lot of people it, don't even have $500 in an emergency, uh, let alone, you know, $5,000 to give an attorney for a retainer. So our goal is to bridge that gap with allowing uh, paraprofessionals and non-lawyers to connect with the public. So essentially, some states, uh, particularly Arizona, California, Washington, there's a couple more, uh, allow paralegals or other legal professionals to not have to go through law school and to become a licensed or registered non-lawyer which allows them to work with the public directly. So for instance, in Washington, they have what's called a limited um, licensed legal technician, and they actually can practice family law and give legal advice, which is um, historically in the United States has never happened. Only attorneys have only ever been allowed to give legal advice. So what we do is we allow the general public to come onto our platform and search in their state for these non-lawyers to be able to get the legal assistance that they need. And through our platform, they pay, um, they set up milestones so that, you know, when the non-lawyers meeting different, uh, you know, milestones of the project, they get cleared. And once, you know, the the project is delivered to the client, the non-lawyer, we also call them freelancers, are able to be paid through our platform. And, you know, so the client's able to get a legal service at, you know, a very, uh, discounted amount versus having to go to an attorney. 
I think when I found this, I don't know if it was Product Hunt or Twitter or I thought it was. I think I, I went where I found this. But the thing that was most interesting to me is that you you're kind of in this middle ground where you know if I have a legal problem, this I, I think of of two things I could do. Either don't do anything about it, uh, you know, if it's not super super major, and I'm like, you know, yeah. I'll risk it, you know, quote unquote risk it, or I put out, you know, for you know h- however much hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars per hour for a lawyer, right. where you kind of like tap into this middle ground. I I think I, I do have questions about how it works, but before yeah. we go there, we'll love to just know like how did you get this insight? It, it does seem pretty sharp, so I'm just curious if I can hear a little bit about the origin of the story of law work and just kind of how you came up with the idea. Sure. So I've been in the legal industry for 15 years um, as a paralegal. So I did work in a lot of small to medium sized firms, doing a lot of family law, estate planning and probate work. Um, And the region that I'm from and that I currently live in um, has a huge, a high poverty rate, very high. And so we would get a lot of individuals who would come to us for divorces under family law or custody disputes or support disputes, and they wouldn't have the means to afford us. And it was kind of, you know, as the attorneys would basically say, you either pay us or, you know, they called it pay to play. That was their joke. And so unfortunately, a lot of people were not able to afford this service, the, you know, the attorneys. So they would usually go and try to handle it themselves. Um, And a lot of people aren't able to navigate the law and it's very because it's very complex and there's so many different avenues based off of what the next step is that you take so um, through my experience i saw a lot of people with going unmet with their legal services and so about uh, five or six years ago since i'm in california they have a designation called the california legal document assistant And it requires a certain amount of education and experience, and you can get registered to get this, um, you know, registration and license. So you have to get registered and bonded, and then you can provide services to the general public. And so um, I went and I got that. And so for sure, it's called an LDA. So I went and I got it. And then I was kind of just sitting there like a sitting duck, like, okay, now I have to try to start this business. Now I have to try to find those people who are going to attorneys but can't afford them. How do I reach that audience? And it proved to be very difficult. And so um, I went to a different route and I started a business that actually provided paralegal services to attorneys. And it was much easier to reach that audience because their addresses, their information, public record. And so, um, you know, I always wished I would be, was able to create a resource for people in the same fashion. Um, that they would be able to reach out to non-lawyers to perform these functions. And so since I had my paralegal business, I've had thousands of people who come to us and say, can you do work for me? But in every single state, it is against the law for paralegals to work directly with the public. Specifically, you cannot call yourself a paralegal unless you work under an attorney. So that's why there's these special designations like the legal document assistant, but people don't know that. It's not public size. It's not, it's people aren't educated on it because the state does horrible jobs with educating people on these additional resources for them. So, um, you know, I kind of started formulating the idea, you know, over the last few years and then COVID hit. 
And what happened was, is I'm part of a lot of paralegal groups and firms, law firms just started furloughing their employees like crazy. So just all their staff just shutting down. So immediately there became a ton of paralegals out of work. And I was like, this is my opportunity to educate them on these outside resources that they can get registered and licensed and they can do this, but they are gonna be like me when I got my LDA, a sitting duck. How do I reach that public? And so that's kind of how I connected the dots and figured that, you know, I have these different pools of people that I can connect to, that I can connect them together. And so that's kind of like how things kind of started. Um, and then I looked at, you know, different, I wouldn't call them necessarily competitors um, because they're not in the same niche as me, but there's companies like Upwork that do similar thing to me. So I kind of looked at how, you know, their business model. And I thought that, you know, overall, it seemed like that would be a good format to initiate this. And so I kind of, you know, built it out. And that's just, you know, as we're still building it out currently, um, I'm one of the main coders on the project. And so, you know, we're building it out and hopefully our, our biggest thing right now still is trying to figure out how we reach that public. But I've become insanely good at marketing since starting my first business. So we're, we're really confident we're going to be able to breach that. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing all of that. You're, you definitely seem like a, you know, typically startups, it should be like domain experts starting companies and serving, you know, what they, you know, what they know so well. And that's you. And that's kind of exciting <laughs> that it's kind of like timely um, with COVID and whatnot, yeah. like you mentioned. I, so on a, um, on a consumer level, so let's say I wanted to use this as yeah. someone that wanted to contract out or use one of the, one of the paralegers or non, non-lawyers, mm-hmm. what are some of the, just for my education, like what are some stuff that they could do? And then what are some of the things that like they, sh- that, that it should be a lawyer, I guess, what are the types of the activities that could get done if I use, you know, one, like a platform like yours? Yep. So the the biggest issue we face is every, we always say that the legal industry is like 10 years behind in technology and innovation. Um, And that's because only five states have laws that allow non-lawyers. And so California, Nevada, Utah, Arizona, and Washington. And so other states are considering, but so for instance, somebody in Washington could have a family law issue, come onto the website, be able to get a full divorce done. They can get full guidance um, because in Washington, as long as you have that uh, license, you can help them from start to finish of a case. Versus in California, um, legal document assistance, they can only prepare documents and cannot guide somebody in their case. But they can prepare basically anything, family law documents, bankruptcy documents, um, business formation documents. And so each state's uh, highly different in what they are allowed to do. Um, So, you know, the unfortunate thing that I always think about is that, you know, say somebody from Ohio lands on the website looking for this non-lawyer assistance. Unfortunately, Ohio doesn't have any laws that allows this to exist. So, you know, somebody comes from Ohio, registers on the website, we want to give them information so that they can actually lobby their, um, their state bar to say, hey, 
I am an individual who, need, who needs low-cost legal assistance. Give them, you know, drafted emails that they can send to their state bar. Um, because unless people speak up and know that this is something that the state bars have the power in their state to offer, the state bars aren't going to innovate. Um, even though there's been a lot of studies that have come out that says throughout the United States, we have a huge access to justice gap. The people who need assistance cannot afford it. Um, but, a, you know, a lot of states, it, they're not going to use their funding to explore these opportunities and these innovative approaches unless people tell them that they need it. So that's something that, you know, you know, that we really want to push as well to help each state try to move in this direction. Are you familiar with a founder called, a, uh, his, his name is Joshua Browder, and he created a, a software yeah. called Do Not Pay? Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I could totally, um, like, I, I, could, I could see in his roadmap, like, you guys, like, in some way partnering up and, like, people, you know, like, because he's really good at, like, the AI, you know, yeah. Yeah. sending a bunch of stuff, you know, to people yeah. that need to get it. I could see the, like, the collaboration. I'll reach out to him and see if he's, like, interested. Or, like, I feel yeah. like yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, I've seen a lot of his products. Um, he just recently launched something in the last few months uh, about robocalling yeah. and how um, you can actually send them like a cease and desist with like, you know, the fine and stuff like that. Very, very interesting concept. Very innovative. I love it. That's the kind of stuff that we need. <laughs> that was so funny. He, he was an early guest on the podcast. And when I was visiting... San Francisco, we were doing a forward thinking founders meetup. And I texted it, or I just tweeted that I was out by Phil's. And he's like, yeah, dude, that's right by my office. Let's, uh, let's, you know, hang out. And I like met him in real life, which was like, which was fun, because most of my guests have never met in real life. It's only yeah. yeah. Anyways, so do you think that there, there's a trend that like, is there a movement with states that more are going to explore this? Or is it really like, state by state it needs to be it needs to come from the bottom needs to be a groundswell i don't know is there a moment i don't know like how, how, how do you feel about that in regards to this opening up in state is there momentum or is it kind of like depends on the state so at the beginning of this year the regulatory body the american bar association which is kind of like over it's kind of you know each state has their own bar association so california state bar association and so on um, but then we have the American Bar Association, which is called the ABA, and they put out a statement that said every state needs to start innovating in this space and create regulatory sandboxes to start exploring innovative ways to provide further access to individuals. Um, and so, for instance, California and Utah are now exploring um, as a paraprofessional license that's going to allow paraprofessionals to provide legal advice. Um, and so, for instance, in California, that just happened. There was a task force that was created by the state bar. And there was, I, I followed it the whole way through. And a lot of, they were talking about a lot of different things that they could do. Um, like, for instance, right now, there's a law that only attorneys can have ownership in law firms. And they were exploring opening that up to anybody can have an uh, ownership uh, in a law firm to help innovation. And a paraprofessional license was one of the things that were on the table for discussion. And there was a, a lot of pushback from attorneys. And so I think 
you know, it needs to be for every state, even though the American Bar Association said we need to start exploring this, it really needs to come from the ground floor and have the people say like, this is what I need. Um, because the unfortunate thing is that a lot of attorneys see that this as like an attack against their profession. And so they push back on it. And that's not every attorney. There's a lot of attorneys who are 100% for this, um, but there are a lot that are pushing back on it, um, that are saying that paraprofessionals aren't competent enough to provide these services, that they aren't able to effectively assist people and things like that. So, you know, although nationally, every state has already been put on notice that there is an issue, they need to start innovating. Um, and I know quite a few are Florida, Illinois, and a few other, uh, Connecticut, a few others are looking into this, but as a whole, I can't say that every state is, you know, moving in this way. So that's kind of why on our website, I want to give people that information that they do have the power to reach out and let their state know that they're failing them by not offering um, competitive resources and non-lawyer assistance. And one more question on how it works, then we'll move on yeah. to the, the vision and whatnot. Is it, can you give me an idea on how much less expensive using a paralegal would be than using a full lawyer or like, I guess, um, I, I guess I'm still not super clear on like, on what are situations that are, that would definitely require, you know, like a lawyer and is like, no, like, no, you know, this is heavy stuff. You need, you need to put it out. And then versus like, I guess a few categories of things where I live in an Arizona, I live in Arizona, so I could, I could use this if, yep. if I, if I wanted to. So almost from my own knowledge, like what are some like little categories of things that I could, I could use this on? And then what are some categories that I can't, not based on geography, because I live in Arizona, but based on like just what your platform offers? Mm -hmm. So we primarily focus on the areas of law that are um, more for individuals. So like I would say business owners and people with complex legal matters, class action lawsuits, um, you know, tort matters and things like that, that's definitely attorney level stuff. Um, but mainly we want to focus on bankruptcy, family law, evictions, immigration, um, and things of that nature that generally, you know, if you go for a divorce case, um, you know, say right now, I'm, I'm an LDA in California, and somebody comes to me, and I can do the case from beginning to end, um, you know, a non, you know, non-adversary case for like, you know, a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars versus an attorney is probably going to be somewhere between five to eight thousand. Um, and that's just, you know, depending on their hourly rate, because I've worked with attorneys that have hourly rates of two hundred fifty dollars an hour all the way up to $600 an hour. So the range is very vast. And so I always tell people, you know, cause I cannot give legal advice. Although I've worked with attorneys, I know customarily what direction people can go. If somebody asks me a very direct question, like should I do this or should I do this? Well, that's something you have to go to an attorney to. And so I have a lot of attorneys that I use as resources. They're friends of mine that I trust. And that will, you know, if somebody does have a more complex matter that, you know, needs to go to court and the individual feels uncomfortable talking in court, um, my friends will give them a discount to help them as well. So I've built these different relationships to help people as well. 
Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Appreciate that. And yeah, what a platform and what amount of money that you can save if you're in one of these states. And hopefully these these states expand, right? Or the, the states yeah. that can support this will expand. What would you yeah. say, you know, in a decade or two, looking far out, you know, what what's the big vision? What will this look like, you know, when, you know, 10 years out? Um, can you yeah. kind of describe that? Yeah, so hopefully more states start innovating and we can start allowing other states, non-lawyers onto our platform. So that's really why we wanna give people the information to lobby their, their state bars. So hopefully, you know, in the next 10 years, you know, cause right now there's only five states that we can offer assistance to. Hopefully in the next 10 years, we have 15 or 20 states. And that's amazing. And that I can only see how many people um, being able to connect with those non-lawyers and the legal assistance that they will be able to get, like how much that is going to affect people in such a positive way. So hopefully in the next 10 to 20, in the, hopefully in the next 20 years, we have all the states. But, you know, I, I can't speak to that because every, every state's different. So. And then for my final question. Yeah. You know, making it happen. It's going to take a lot of resources. You'll you'll need potentially some employees, maybe some investors if you want to go down that route. But you'll mm -hmm. definitely need help from the forward-thinking founders community. So, for my last question for you, uh, you know, what is an ask that you have for the listeners and the forward-thinking founders community? Is there anything that you need help with, or something, something that you need to ask that you know help will help make your your day a little little better and get you a little closer to your vision today? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think right now, what I would love is to have people follow us on social media um, from every state so that we can, you know, ask those questions. Are you in, you know, and educate the public about these non-lawyer resources? Because it's really important that people understand that these are available to them, not even just using our platform, just, you know, utilizing it in their region. Um, and we do, you know, moving forward on our social media, we are going to be, you know, providing a lot of resources for different states so that they can lobby. Um, so really, I would just appreciate so much if, since we're, we are so early concept, to follow us on social media, tell us their stories if they have anything um, to the effect of if they needed an attorney, when they needed an attorney, and they were unable to make it happen. We collect these stories as well because I do know a lot of people in the industry, a lot of people in the courts, a lot of people in the different regions. And so, you know, these stories really do help us um, not only motivate us, but also help us, you know, share them of why it's so important for different states to innovate. Um, so really, that would be my greatest ask if they can follow us and just, you know, follow us and our story and help us make this vision happen um, by even just reposting something that hopefully can reach somebody in one of those states that does not have um, non-lawyer access yet. And then the final question is, if someone wanted to find you on social media, what platforms are you on? Do you have an email? What's your URL? I guess, how, how can people get in touch and find you online? And then we'll wrap it up. Yeah, definitely. So our website is lawwork, L-A-W-W-U-R-K.com. And all our social is under the same, lawwork. So we're on Twitter, uh, Facebook, and LinkedIn right now. And so we're working on potentially getting on Instagram. Um, but primarily, we mainly function through Twitter with engaging people. 
Twitter is the best. I'm a fan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you sharing what you're working on with me and all the listeners. And I wish you best of luck making it all happen. And and hopefully soon everyone will be, be able to experience an experience with flower. So thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And the interest, any interest to us right now is so valuable. So thank you so much. All right. Thank you for tuning in to that episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I really want to thank our sponsors of today's episode, Turing, for supporting June's episodes of Forward Thinking Founders. If you are a startup founder or a CEO and have any need for technical talent or need an engineering team, specifically a remote engineering team, I highly encourage you to check out Turing.com and see what they can do for you. They have a two-week risk-free trial where you can check out what they going on. And if you go over to Turing.com, T-U-R-I-N-G.com, tell them Matt Sherman sent you. Tell them Matt Sherman 6, 6 being the month of June. Thanks for listening to today's episode, and I'll see you tomorrow. Peace.